Hi guys, you're listening to Parties Over Podcast, and this week's episode is sponsored by Sea Dog Hard Seltzers. You know Ashley and I love our hard seltzers, specifically from Sea Dog. They have three great flavors, wild blueberry, juicy raspberry, and black cherry. All right, guys, we're going to tell you a little bit more about how much we love Sea Dog Hard Seltzers later on in this episode. Yeah, I would say... I would say the experience is um, definitely feels like a party a little bit, and it also feels therapeutic, I think. And there's just something about being with other people and that connection that is pretty indescribable. It's what made me love it, that connection. Wait, what do you mean it's over? How can I help? Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Parties Over Podcast. I'm Liz. I'm Ashley. We're getting close to 50. I just noticed Ooh. that today. I'm amped up about it. When we turn 50, it's going to be wild. We love this episode. This was a really good one. Um... Liz got me into going cycling. I'm so we happy that I could one. pass that along because I feel like I've been really into it. And it's nice to be able to bring friends and like pass it on to other people. It's a healthy thing to pass on. I went to my first one and then there was a pandemic. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I went was. one week that before. That was right before. I was like, you got to try this place out. It's dark. No one's going to look at you. Such a magical moment. And then you guys were like, Wow. And the week yeah. after that is closed. So we're excited to have her on, but we will, um, let's catch up a little bit. Liz, what's new with you? I'm thinking. Not, we got a new toilet seat. <laughs> yeah, theirs <laughs> was broken, actually, and it was not that fun to sit on. No, so um, that's the biggest thing that's happened in my life for a while. There's got to be something else, though. Kyle and Parker went golfing and had a full day without us, so... Romance. I said Kyle French toast. I have a sad update. Sadly, there was a tragic accident in my hometown and two people passed away. One of them was my cousin and uh, just f- friend um, and his girlfriend. They tragically passed away in a motorcycle accident. So that has been a really tough couple days um and I am trying I feel like every time something it's been a really tough two years to be honest there's been a lot of tragic deaths uh that has happened I had how it can just happen it's just not fair that it can happen to people so back to back I had never experienced death other than like you know I mean it was still sad but like great-grandparents things like that in the last two years I have witnessed three people tragically die that I had you know, close connections with. So I don't really want to say too many of like the personal details about it and stuff. Um, but I did just want to say that um, the obvious pieces of it, every time that something like this has happened or any tragedy in someone's life, I feel like you always try and get something out of it. Like you always try and be like, I don't know, find find something to take away from this. And aside from the obvious telling people you love them, and spending time with them, that aspect of life, like living your life to the fullest, you never know when things can change. Um, I did also want to say a realization that I think is on theme with the podcast and relatable to this age group is I have been looking at growing old as something I really resent. And I've had a really hard time with the thought of that I'm getting older. And I uh, have quickly realized that it is a blessing that it's a luxury to get it's a luxury yeah it is a luxury that I even have the opportunity to age I this person in my life I had always pictured you know just pictured life with them involved in it and as adults and what that would look like for our group of people like in the future and that has been taken very quickly and it's something that they don't have the luxury for so for all of us that are feeling really um just I don't know feeling really deprived of our youth and it being you know 
taken. Uh, and as we age, I think I have a new mindset of looking at it as something I'm very thankful for. But um, I don't really want to turn this into that. But just know that life is not guaranteed to anyone. We are all very lucky to still be alive. Tell the people that you love that you love them. And don't take a single minute for granted. But with that being said, I'm I don't. I'm glad that you said that. I, I really feel that. And thanks for passing it on to me. You're welcome. I I could not for the longest time figure out what this one was going to like teach me. I was like, this one doesn't really <laughs> add up. It's like way too depressing. And there can be like no good from it. But it did help with the mindset. But anyways, guys, let's go to a lighter note. Summer is slowly dwindling. That's not lighter. But uh, for some people that like fall, that is that is a note. And I, I mean, I have no problem with fall. It's just, um, as you know, Ashley and I are bad at things ending. So yes. summer ending is kind of tragic. That's why like, I like, I've realized that spring is my favorite season strictly because I like the excitement I have. It's like a drum roll. It's like starting yes. to warm up and you're like, you know, it's coming. But and fall is so like a drum roll for winter. About, right. You're so dramatic about like the warmth that you're like 35 degrees. Oh my God, I'm sweating. Like fall, you're like 35 mm-hmm. degrees, like this is torture, I'm freezing, and I love the positivity that spring brings, you know? I agree, and I th- I think with COVID and everything, a lot of people oh, yeah. started getting outside a lot sooner. I know I was putting on my winter gear to go out <laughs> for a walk, because I'm like, I haven't been outside in two days, I'm going to go for a long walk and like mittens, hat, winter coat, like, I'm like, Her whatever, night. it just snowed. We were in lawn chairs, like, bundled up. Like, we were, like, relaxing in our lawn chairs, like, fully in, I think, like, a full snowsuit. And we're like, this is nice. This is the life. <laughs> Feel the sun. <laughs> and it was like, it's 40 degrees. You need to chill. Um, so fall is coming. I can feel it in the air. Things are changing. It's almost Labor Day, which we love. We love a three-day weekend. That is where it's at. Oh, we do. Speaking of Labor Day, I have a wedding date, September 4th, 2021. Oh, is that podcast official? It's out there? It's out there. You guys are the first to know, actually. I haven't put it out there anywhere else, so. Mark down your calendars. Maybe we'll show a behind-the-scenes look on parties over Instagram (laughs) or something. I told Parker, I'm like, can we just, I'll just invite the podcast people, right? That'll be, like, what happens. They'll have their own, like, meet-and-greet room. So this week we have Megan Corshane on, and she is a cycle instructor at Rev, and she was so kind to have Ashley and I come to a class a couple weeks ago. Speaking of summer vibes, we were outside at Thompson's Point. She plays the best music. I think I might have said that to her on the episode, but she makes a really good playlist, and we just had the best time. So after we went to that class, we were even more excited to have her on and kind of hear her story. Yeah, the class was, I mean, there is just something about, like, cycling, looking at the water with, like, the sun. I don't know, like, when we go, like, I don't know, the sun's just, like, in a perfect placement. And it's just, like, such a, we talk about this on the podcast, but it's such a time to be alone with your thoughts. And I think that is, for all forms of exercise, you can really make it that way and use it as a meditation of sort and time to slow down and really think. And this episode was filled full of just different pockets of inspiration and knowledge and relatability and tips to take to have a healthier lifestyle for yourself. It was honestly just fun to talk to her because when she teaches she'll get off the bike and like dance and perform and then to hear her story about what she wanted to be and I'm like okay it all makes so much sense because I'm like she is having the most fun every time how does she do it I love the energy of that like it's contagious so if you're going to try a class we recommend going to Rev and going to her class because you will not regret it yeah we'll definitely leave some Rev links too for you guys to check out because we are big Rev guys over here You might might see us there. It might not be the moment that you want to see us because I'm pretty sweaty, but (laughs) if we see you there. Let's hear about Megan's journey as being a cycling instructor and marketing director over at Rev. And let's get into the episode. We are back with Megan Corshane. Welcome to Parties Over Podcast. Hi, guys. 
I feel like I'm like with the celebrity because I've been <laughs> following you for so long. And like also, so a little background about Megan for you guys that don't know, she actually uh, teaches at Rev and she does the marketing for Rev. And you guys know Liz and I love Rev. So we are so excited to have her on, but it's like a celebrity because you just see her at the front of the class, like teaching and you're like, oh my God, that's her. I know. I, felt, I feel like I'm like at a concert when I'm yeah. at in class. So I'm like, yeah, she's angry. Like, and I went to Rev like a few times and then started following the account. And then I saw that you became the marketing manager and I'm like, who is this girl? And then I started following your page. And I'm like, she's awesome. We got to get her on. Oh, thanks for having me. No, this has been a long one in the making also. We've had a few of these mm-hmm. where I feel like they were like pre-COVID, we were talking, and then now we've got like, yeah. what, a six-month delay? COVID, man. We're making it happen. So, Megan, what we usually start off with is we'll ask our guests the same question. We always ask what their dream job was growing up. Kind of, How did you picture your life for yourself? Yeah, I think I... 100% wanted to be a rock star. I was obsessed with the show American Idol. I used to make my mom sit and I would perform whatever it was. A lot of times Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and uh, she would sit for hours on end and just like laugh at me and I was so committed to <laughs> just per- performing. So no surprise. I feel like I ended up where I am currently um, because I've always kind of had a passion for performing, I guess I would say. I was going to say, I love that when you're up there teaching, you're also singing and stuff because it's always music <laughs> that I love. And I'm like, I want to sing. I'm so glad that she's singing too. <laughs> I'm like, I need to have this music up as loud as it could be because <laughs> I don't want anybody to know that I can't sing. I love it. I also realized the class that you were teaching, I, my face, like my workout face is like a smile. Like that's like, it just sits there like this to the whole class. I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I'm a literal psycho. Like how have you, has it been funny seeing some like different people faces working out and things like that? Cause you're at the front, like people are staring right at you. Oh, for sure. I mean, it is really funny. Like everybody has their own kind of like when they're in the zone or whatever. And you know, you have a moment of like, if I just were to stop this music, like people, it would be funny, you know, Um, which has happened in classes before, like the fire alarm has gone off or the, you know, music cuts out and you're like in the middle of something intense and you're like, oh wait, this is kind of awkward. And, you know, it's funny whenever my mom rides and, you know, we try to like, you know, get people going and like excited about the workout. And she's like, Meg, you know, like we're just working out okay like not everybody loves it and I'm like all right okay fair enough so okay well we know that you are where are you originally from Megan I'm originally from Vermont so I grew up there my family still lives there and when I go home that's home base for me what brought you to Maine for college yeah I started coming to Maine when I was young my family, we would come to York Beach in the summers, and I just, like, loved the ocean. I didn't grow up with the ocean, and I was really drawn to it. And then when I was in high school, I started to run half marathons, and I started with the Old Port Half. And, like, what better way to see Portland than, like, mm-hmm. literally running 13 miles through the city? And I loved it. And so I came back. I ran my junior year and my senior year. And I think two years after that, and I just um, decided that I was going to look for schools that offered good packages. And USM had a great package offered to me. And I loved the location was a huge factor for me when going to school. I wanted to be immersed in an area where I felt connected to my environment. And Portland was it. Then I just kind of never... well, I did turn around, but I never really turned around until after after college. When you were in college, what were you studying? I was a communications major, but I went in undecided at first. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I'm the first in my family to get a four-year college degree, so I was like, I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to school and see what this thing is about, and then I think a lot of what influenced me to choose communications, I had some amazing professors that I just connected with, and it made it easy for me to choose. So how was your experience in college? Was it like the best time of your life, or how were you feeling post-grad? 
Yeah. College was such an interesting experience for me because I only lived on campus for one year and in Gorham, and then I moved off campus into Portland. USM is interesting in that it really allows you to have a life and like school life. So I was a full-time student for four years, but then I also was able to go and explore places and things like Rev. And I was able to make friends outside of school, which was awesome. And really kind of dive just into the community that I was surrounded by, school and the community of Portland, Maine. That's really interesting because I feel like it's like a nice um, ease into post-grad because you're not in like a separate environment. You're kind Mm -hmm. of already there. Totally. And I think a lot of my friends, after they graduated from school, they were living in such a bubble of college that real life, you know, was kind of like far felt far away of like, you know, when you're not in that bubble of, of school, you know, paying your bills or making your own food when you're not going to the dining hall, like all those like little things, they, they matter. And for me, my experience was I had been living kind of like on my own since my sophomore year. And that's just kind of how it worked out for me and, and how I liked it and was able to like, feel that sense of freedom and also be in school. So it was definitely the school for me. You're kind of like eased into post-grad, but so are you working through school or are you doing school mostly? And then like, what was your first job post-grad? Yeah, I found Rev um, when I was in school. I also did some like work study stuff and kind of like piece things together. But Rev was my favorite. I applied They were like hiring for instructors my sophomore year. So I was, I think I was 19 and they had like auditions and stuff and, and it really just worked out for me and it was the best kind of like hustle when I was in school because I got to work out for free. Not only that, but I was being paid to work out, which was awesome. And, and then also provided me this amazing community that I grew to love and it developed into a full-time job actually after I graduated school. So when I graduated, I had had a job lined up at Rev um, and I was teaching more and doing some marketing stuff to start. And then I wasn't there too long until I got another job offer. And, and that's when I kind of pivoted my career there. Just to back up before, I want to hear about when you pivoted your career, but um, before you started teaching, were you taking a lot of classes there? Uh, What kind of drew you to want to teach spin? Yeah, I was taking a lot of classes there. It was definitely, um, it was like that mental release in, in community where people knew my name and it was just a space to like sweat and work out and and be involved. And I, I loved that. So I was taking a lot of classes. I remember like calling my parents and being like, I'm spending all my money on spin classes. Like, (laughs) can you help me? And my dad's like, what is that? I, I had been taking a lot of classes there and really put time into like being there mainly because I enjoyed it. And it was such a mental release for me while in school. Um, and then I was just like incredibly inspired by the women who were teaching and and I wanted to work there. I remember my mom came and she was like, oh, I get it now. You want to be an instructor, right? And I was like, yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) So there's two things that I'm noticing. One, it seems like you were very athletic either in high school or college. And I mean, by you saying like marathons, and Mm -hmm. I know we talked before this, you talked about playing sports and stuff. Was that something that, did you continue playing sports in college? I didn't continue playing sports in college. I kind of was like burnt out by the time I got to college. It's such a commitment when you're, you know, just like growing up in high school, I played a lot of like travel soccer and travel softball. And it just, by the time I got to college, I was like, all right, I'm ready for other things and experiences. And I, for me personally, I felt that playing a sport would hold me back in other areas that I wanted to explore. Um, Like, you know, the thought of like studying abroad, like I'd never did, but I did travel when I was in school. So I was, I didn't want to miss out on those experiences. And I felt like potentially playing sports would hold me back in that sense. No, yeah, that makes sense. We've interviewed a few different just fitness instructors in general, and they kind of found their way after sports were such a big part of their lives in high school. And then they get to college and they're like, 
I'm missing that, you know, like either fitness and competitive atmosphere and stuff. Is that where maybe your, your, how was your fitness journey in college? Yeah, I think for me, it was solely about the community aspect. Um, and because I didn't live on campus, like sophomore year and beyond, I was kind of like searching for like my people and like my community. And I found that through fitness. I also just like knew fitness was like, it was a safe space for me. I knew how to do it. I felt confident in it. And so I knew like walking into, you know, a fitness class is definitely intimidating when it's your first class. But I felt like this is something that I can do. And I know that by like sweating and moving my body is going to make me feel better in my headspace. And that's ultimately what I needed because I I'm about three and a half hours away from home here in Portland. So I needed to find something that would kind of like, you know, get me involved and also that I felt good about doing because freshman year and sophomore year, you're still just like trying to like figure it out. Like, how are you supposed to know anything at 18 years old? Like, (laughs) I know I can't believe we have to make those decisions. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. You found a way to kind of immerse yourself in the community. I, I know a lot of people that go to school and they're like, just don't like get involved in anything at all, like Mm -hmm. in the new town that they're in. So I think you found a really great thing for yourself. And I feel like this is a great tip for anyone that's listening that is in search of community that I think a lot of people forget that like fitness classes are a great way to find that. And even if you don't end up, you know, maybe making like the best of friends in this class, you're still surrounded by people and you're doing Mm -hmm. something that's healthy for you. And just like, it's such a good place to like clear your mind. And it's almost like how I feel about like cycling and I'm Mm -hmm. sure and other fitness classes, it's like a form of meditation. So it just, it's a great, yeah, it's a great thing. And I think anyone who's not, who's missing that sense of community, try a fitness class, try something Mm -hmm. new and get out there. But I also Mm -hmm. wanted to touch on the fact of being a fitness instructor in college. I think that's something that a lot of people don't think of when they're Mm -hmm. thinking of jobs. And it's kind of the perfect job for someone in college because your schedule is like kind of wonky like that, where you Mm -hmm. might have a free hour or two where you could go teach a class. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like the one of the best gigs that I had in college. And obviously, it developed into way more. But in the moment when I was in college, like it was perfect, because I was shelling out money left and right. You know, fitness is expensive. And I found a way to make it work. And and even if it's just not teaching, like, there's front desk staff and that's a way to be part of a team and a community immediately. Like there are other like little jobs that you can do within the fitness um, realm without like having to teach Um, that will still get you perks, like being able to take classes for free and, and still having that community team aspect, which is um, awesome. I would love to hear about the steps that you took to get ready kind of for your audition and the different trainings that you had to do to to get to your first class. <laughs> oh my gosh, before my like audition, it, I, it was so long ago, I hardly rec- remember it, but I do remember like, I just like hype myself up, like loud music and just like totally hyping myself up. Um, so that definitely went down. And then just like trusting myself that I could do this um, was a big factor for me. So what are steps that someone who might be interested in doing something like that could take into becoming a cycling instructor? Yeah, I would say um, some steps is, I mean, it depends on like, you know, the type of place that you're going for, for Rev specifically, like everything is beat driven into the music. So having a love and passion for like music and movement, definitely. I think my favorite part about teaching is creating playlists. So I just think foundation first is music and you don't necessarily need to be an athlete or anything to be an instructor. I think you just have to like, just have the confidence that you got this, even if you might think on the inside, you don't, because for me personally, like, I think I come off as very outgoing, but like, I also like go to bed at 8 PM and have a very low key social life. For me, it's been just not letting like anxiety or fear override my want or desire to do something like being in front of a bunch of people and teaching. So a few steps is to just have a love and passion for music and then to just go for it. Because I think 
anything is truly possible. I love the confidence aspect because you definitely, I think it's definitely something you need to have as being a cycling instructor. Okay, guys, let's take a break in this week's episode for a quick word about our partners, Sea Dog Brewing. You know how much Liz and I love Sea Dog Brewing. We love the atmosphere. We love the food. And currently, we are loving their hard seltzers. Sea Dog has three great flavors, wild blueberry, juicy raspberry, and black cherry. And Liz and I absolutely love them for any occasion. I brought all three flavors to my cousin's graduation party this past weekend. His graduation was moved to August and then got canceled, and we still decided to celebrate. So what more could we want than some Sea Dog Hard Seltzers? I know I told you guys this last week, but speaking of family loving the seltzers, my mom listens to the podcast. She's a big fan, and she calls me, and she'll be like, the ads, though? Like, I had to drive straight to the store because like my mom's not even like a drinker like she doesn't really like she'll have one drink and she's like that's I'm good and she's like those seltzers sound so good and she immediately was like I gotta go get some and uh you know it's tam approved guys so hopefully we're making your melts water I mean that's the goal all right guys so this coming weekend is Labor Day weekend you know how much we love a three-day weekend with Working full-time, those three-day weekends are very valuable. Whatever you're doing this Labor Day weekend, make sure you are tagging us in your stories with your Dog Card Seltzers, and we'll be sure to share it on our story. So tag Parties Over Podcast and Dog Brewing Company, and let us know what you're up to this Labor Day weekend. If you are in the Portland area, you can check out the Shipyard Tasting Room and let them know that you're with Parties Over Podcast and get 20% off your hard seltzers. Now let's get back into the episode. For those mm-hmm. of you that haven't been to a class, can you kind of like tell them a little bit of like what the setup is like? Yeah, I would say I would say the experience is um definitely feels like a party a little bit and it also feels therapeutic I think and there's just something about being with other people and that connection that is pretty indescribable it's what made me love it that connection and and it's just like all your favorite songs which is like the best part. <laughs> kind of ironic because I feel like you're kind of a rock star when you're up there. Like yeah, in my mind. When it's I'm inside, like, you're actually on a stage. So. Literally. She's like, you're on a stage and you have, right now you have like 40 girls behind, like, or whatever, girls and guys. Yeah. Girls and probably my boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I told Parker tried to go with us last week. I'm like, oh, this is kind of like Liz and I's time. So you're going to have to like do a different time. Hey, but- Kyle went with me to the Taylor Swift ride. <laughs> It was amazing. I felt like I was at her concert. Yeah, everybody is part of the experience. You know, it's not just like the instructor teaching you. Like, there's definitely like a transfer of energy and like people are like hooting and hollering for each other. And for our listeners, I do have to say that Megan has the best playlist. I've been (laughs) to a couple of instructors, but I'm like, I will specifically go to her class because I think we have similar music tastes. A little bit of everything. I have to say what I describe it to people as is like you're almost an autopilot, which is nice for like a workout because you already have like that momentum. You Mm. it's not like when you're leading your own workouts, you're like, I'm good enough kind of. You're like, my legs are already moving because I'm like, mm-hmm. like that. Like, it's more energy for me to stop than it is. Right. And like, the music gets going, you get in your head, like, you get in your head because someone's like Megan's telling you what to do, like, how fast to go, teaching you, like, how to go with the beat, that you just kind of go on autopilot and you get in your own head. And that hour flies by. And like, I always oh, tell Liz, yeah. I leave with like the best ideas because right. I'm someone who. I'm always go, go, go. Like my brain is always working. But in a class like that, it's my time to not think about like, oh, I need to go use this machine or I need to Mm -hmm. go like, I wonder if that guy's done with the weights and I can (laughs) go over there. Like, you you know what I mean? You don't really get that peace of mind. So I think that is just another huge perk. But I think that's the biggest, like that is a huge perk. And I take that like very seriously as the instructor. Like I, I want people who come to class to know that like, I've created this class for you all. And like, you literally don't need to think at all. You can just listen and pedal your legs and it will just, it will flow for you. And there is a lot of thought put behind that to make that happen for everybody because 
people come because it's their time, you know, like life is so busy and complicated and messy and people really edge in that 50 minutes into their day to get the workout in. And I want to make sure that they don't even need to like think twice about what they're doing. How you, I know there's like never ending music out there, but (laughs) so many classes a week, how do you like keep it fresh? That's a great question. And it's always changing. Um, I get a lot of inspiration actually from other instructors, other fitness classes as well. Whenever I'm just like out and about, (laughs) I hear songs or I hear things. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is that song? You know, Shazam is my favorite app because, all right, I got to Shazam this. Or my friends also know that I am such a music geek. They're constantly sending me music, which is great. Um, They're always inspiration for my classes and um, and you know, I just like sometimes even just like thinking back through old memories, you think about specific songs that are connected to memories. And I mean, I'm like, all right, there's a playlist right there, you know? Um, and also just like going for a vibe. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, today I want it to feel like super high energy. Um, or like on a Sunday morning, my playlist is not what I teach on Friday at 7.15. It is like the polar opposite. So I always just take into account, you know, who's in class and what's going on in my personal life drives a lot of my inspiration for my playlists. And, and then the music, I spend a lot of time on SoundCloud, on YouTube, (laughs) on Apple Music, just searching away. Do you normally plan it like the day of, or is it something you plan really far in advance? I'm like a day of kind of girl. <laughs> so it's like, oh, yeah. it like changes, like, you know, I'll go to bed feeling one way and then I'll wake up feeling another way. And I'm like, no, 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 all this is wrong. Like sometimes I'll try to get the layout together and then I'll wake up at like four o'clock in the morning and I'm just like in the dark, like just fixing what I didn't like. <laughs> I love too that like, sometimes it's just like the exact, you're like, this is exactly what I needed. Like, mm-hmm. how did you know? There, There's so much more that goes into it than I think a lot of people realize. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like shuffle. It's like Megan's trying, or the instructors are trying to like, think of like a Sunday morning vibe is like, mm-hmm. you probably want to like get it in your, you know, quieter, slower, mm-hmm. like in your head type of thing. Fridays kind of like go for the weekend. I don't exactly know, but just like examples yeah. that oh, there's a totally. lot of like psychology in it. Oh, a hundred percent. It's definitely, yeah, there's way more thought than just like getting up there, plugging your computer and impressing play. Like there is, there's a whole method behind the madness that happens. Um, and it's, it's awesome. It's such a creative process. And I honestly love that part of teaching. It's like, a DJ. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we just had um, Haley from Hot 104. Or oh, Hot yeah. And she was our most recent guest. She also wanted to be a rock star. We've had no rock star dreamers before, and two in a row we have rock star dreamers. <laughs> and kind of DJs. Well, one is. I love it. <laughs> but sorry, well, let's go back to your when you first left Rev for your job offer. Yeah. So I. A lot of things had happened, like I had graduated from school and I was super excited about staying in Portland and teaching for Rev, but I had this like really big goal and dream of teaching for SoulCycle, which was felt super like out there because I had been to a few classes, like maybe two or three classes, and it was my treat when I went to Boston. And uh, I actually saw a medium I was just like going through like that transitional period where I was like, you know, after graduating and I just was like, what is life? And so I went to a medium who my friend went to and it was really interesting experience, but she literally said to me, you have an opportunity for you in Boston. Like it's something that you need to take. And I was just like, okay, like whatever. But then the next day, I saw that Seoul was hosting auditions in Boston and I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. So I applied and I like completely forgot about it. And then like a month later, I, I got an email that I got an audition and I was like, okay, well, I, I'm just going to go on audition and like, see what this is. And I remember them like sending me an email about like the requirements of like what they wanted. And it like sounded like foreign language to me. I didn't even like fully understand what I was getting myself into this is like and the I was alpha, like, right? this is like the top cycling 
Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, all right, well, we'll just go and see. And I ended up getting there and I was second to go. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I was like prepared to like see people go and then be able to change what I was doing on the fly. And, and you had to like share like, what's your name? Like a fun fact about you, like whatever. And I, I was just like, my name is Megan. I'm from Vermont. Like I graduated college like last week. Like this is it. Like I I had no idea what to do. People were like, had crazy stories of like, I almost died or, you know, anyway, that's like fun fact. I know we could be here for a while. (laughs) Yeah. And then I, I proceeded to go through like a few rounds of interviews um, after that via Skype because their headquarters is in New York and it was a long process. And then I was offered to move to New York city for training, which I was a really quick turnaround. It was like within four weeks and I was like, I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to afford to live in New York. I don't know where the hell I'm going to live, but somehow I wanted it so badly that I just like knew that I would make it work for myself. I think it was eight or 10 week training program in New York. So I was there for the summer. I was really tough leaving Rev. I felt like I was like breaking my own heart. I felt like I was like breaking up with what I loved and it was really, really hard, but I felt like it was also the the adventure that I was like craving at the time. I really wanted the adventure and um, the door and the path kind of just laid itself. It was like one of those moments where it was like, all right, do I choose to be courageous or do I choose to like stay in my comfort? And neither answer is wrong or right, but I just chose to hop on that courage train and go to New York and um, it, it was awesome. That's exciting. That sounds intense. Mm-hmm. How long is yeah. a normal audition? Is it just like, are you doing one song or is this like an elaborate, like you're there for a 50 minute class showing them? Yeah. So there was, I think like 26 people in my audition and you just get about one minute on the podium and, uh, then you ride through the rest of everybody else's auditions. Yes. Yeah, so you don't, you don't get much face time. Really. You have to pack who you are into a very short amount of time, which is, is really hard. Like, how do you describe who you are, like what you can bring to the table in essentially a minute? Wow. Like American Idol audition. <laughs> I know. I was like, this is my American Idol audition that I've been wanting. <laughs> that is crazy. Wow. Like the importance of first impressions. That's it right there. One minute. Oh, it, I mean, it was like all about first impressions and, you know, I, I'm sure there were other things obviously on there but like for me it was just like okay like just don't mess this up Megan (laughs) I know like I have had an interview that was like three hours long like it was a full day and honestly like I thought that was terrible but honestly I think I'd rather that than one minute because I'm like I can still kind of redeem myself or something (laughs) like one minute you're like it is what it is at this point. But I know. It. And I was like, if they don't like my song choices, like, right. I mean, it's 30 seconds of each song. So I hope you like it. Oh, my God. Oh God how'd you I stressed. also love that you touched on, like, you were saying um, you were going through, like, the what is life when you graduated. Mm-hmm. And, like, we can clearly relate. Like, we started mm-hmm. a full podcast because we were <laughs> like, what is life after mm-hmm. we graduated? Uh, it's just kind of nice to know that, like, someone else was feeling the same way. Oh, I think... I think you continue to feel that way for a pretty long time. I talk about it with my mom all the time. I'm like, what am I going to stop feeling this way? She's like, oh, I don't, never. <laughs> this is what we talk about every <laughs> single day. Listen, I'm like, I don't get it. Like, are we going to feel like this forever? Like, am I going to have a kid and, or, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, like at their oh, birthday party? And I'm like, should I move across yeah. the world? And like, I just, I'm like, when will it end? I don't get it. We're like 24. When do we end the post-grad podcast? Like, when do we need to rebrand this? When is too old? We're, we're there. What I th- honestly the think the say? theme is relatable relatable for life. <laughs> and you're post-grad forever, technically, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I did graduate, and like, I've, you can't take that away from me. It happened. <laughs> so, um, would love to know what your mom's advice is. If she's got something good, lay it on me. <laughs> I I know. I think she said to me, she's like, well, at some point you just, you know, you just stop caring and you just like live your life. And I think the pandemic has honestly changed my shifting and thinking about all that stuff is like, you know, what truly matters and that like 
life is a big question mark and nothing that you, you know, once thought was constant is no longer, you know, even just going out to dinner is not a constant anymore. So it's really made me just like shift my thinking and been like, okay, like I need to be more go with the flow than I have ever been. And like, this is a great lesson that life just does not ever go as planned. I agree. Liz and I, what we were saying when it was like during the height of the pandemic and you couldn't see anyone or do anything, it was like, we really tried to think about like, what are we excited to go back to? Like, what are we thinking? The things that we used to think about, like, oh, this is what's important to me. When you don't have anything, you really figure out like what it actually was. Like maybe going out to dinner with your friends wasn't as important as maybe like, I don't know, going to your parents on a Sunday for dinner, like whatever it is. I don't exactly know, but I completely agree with you. It really helped put things in perspective. I would love to talk about the fact that you landed your dream job essentially. And now how did you, you know, how was that experience? And then how did things shift? And you are obviously back at Rev. I just, I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think it was a roller coaster for me. I left New York and then after I left New York in two days, I was relocated to Boston, um, which was where I was placed. And I was in Boston for six months before I got offered to move to Philadelphia. And I had never been to Philly before. And I went, it was like, two days I visited after my 23rd birthday. And so I just was in Philly. I taught a couple classes, like went to all the places to go to eat that people told me to go. And I remember like walking down the street, like literally eating a donut from federal donuts, like crying. Cause I was like, I, I'm going to move to Philadelphia. Like this is, this is happening. And I had no reason to say no other than my own personal fears of moving to a city where I didn't know anybody and, and in a job that I still was very new at and just like being the new kid on the block over and over and over again. Like I can only introduce myself so many times before I'm like, I don't even know who I am anymore. (laughs) You know, Philly is where it happened for me in terms of like my personal life. I met some of the best people ever in Philadelphia and it was such an experience to be in a city by yourself where you don't know anybody and then to like quickly have a community around you. And it was also there that I had some of the best mentors um, for teaching. And these people are still in my life today. And it's just like, I got all the good things that I wanted to get out of the experience. And it was basically the people. Um, And then I just like had this like moment where a year was coming up and I had to decide if I wanted to resign my lease or what I was going to do. And it put a lot of pressure on me. And, and it was mainly myself just being like, I need to kind of figure out what I want to do. Is this something I want to commit to for another year? And, you know, ultimately I realized I, I love Philly for what it is, but I didn't want to grow into Philadelphia. And, you know, I realized I miss the outdoors and, and people back home. And so being closer to home. I'm very close to my family. So I had to just like figure that out inside of my head, which was not an easy process of like, am I, you know, burned out? Am I, do I want to keep teaching? Do I want to like totally change my career right now? And sorry, were you doing marketing at this time? I was just teaching. So, but like marketing for myself, basically, because a lot of, you know, being successful when I was there was about like selling yourself to you know, fill classes and stuff like that. So I had, I I had started to like get into it a little bit more. Um, and so I, I didn't really, I had really only had the experience from Rev prior to Seoul. And then I just had a conversation with my mom and I was like, I think I'm ready to move home. Like I want to turn around and, and she was like, okay, that's fine. You can, you can do that. And that was such an important moment for me. Cause I was like, oh, okay, I can, I can turn around, you know? And, and I think I had like this fear of like, what are people going to think? Like I chased this dream. I left everything behind to like do this thing. And, and now I'm deciding that I, that I don't want to be in it anymore. And the people who love you, they know you and they know like what's you and what's not you. And I think the people who do love me, they realize like, I just base, I was burned out for sure. And, and needing to be in that space of comfort. I had been on that courage train where I was just like 
saying yes to every single opportunity. And I think I just ran myself dry too fast. And so I just pivoted and I still had an amazing relationship with um, the owner of Rev, Steph. And I called her up and I said, I'm turning around. I'm moving home. And if you want me back, I would love to come back. But if not, I am definitely moving home. And um, she was having a baby. (laughs) And it just kind of like worked itself out. And it was to break my heart again and leave Philadelphia and leave all the people who really just like rallied next to me and behind me and with me to like make me into the instructor that I feel I am today. And to just welcome me into a community where I'm just this like random girl walking in being like, Hey guys, like, you know, trust me, you know, type of deal. And it's like, that stuff comes with time and it, and it happens so quickly in Philly and it's because of the people who are there and the food is amazing in Philadelphia. I'm here for any place that has good food. I think probably having that experience or if you ended up not going, you would have probably always regretted it. And it definitely helped get you where you are today, like appreciating where you live. And I think a lot of people leave Maine, figure that out and come back and they're like, yeah, this Mm -hmm. is home. And I know you had a whole post about it saying pretty much like looking at it with different eyes kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I just think that's a really common experience. But it sounds like it was really great there. And I remember seeing, I think I, you know, creeped a little bit before this and I saw that you worked there and I'm like, yeah, I can tell like she's got some mood. <laughs> I was on LinkedIn. That's how I discovered you were at I, I saw, I saw that and I was like, oh my gosh, I have not updated my LinkedIn in so long. <laughs> no, I, well, we, we do were, our research. But uh, anyways, okay. So yeah. Can you kind of talk about your transition coming back to Maine and going into Rev now with a new title and just coming back after, especially having new training. One thing that I was really like itching for before I left was I, I didn't really know what I was doing. Like I was doing something and it was working, but I didn't have like the language or the tools to really like hone in on the skill and the craft. And through my journey, I was able to to capture all of that. And since coming back, it has been a transition nonetheless, even though I'm transitioning back to something that does feel comfortable, transitions are so hard. Even if you're, again, moving back to something comfortable, it's it's still a transition. And this one, unfortunately, was right before the pandemic. And I'm also grateful that I moved back right before the pandemic, because that probably would have been the end for me in Philadelphia anyways. Looking back, I was able to have like that clean break where I was able to like, you know, say goodbye to everybody in in a proper way that I would have wanted to. Um, So true. Wow. Like you got, I just can't imagine because also like you got the power to like make the decision as opposed mm -hmm. to like being forced into it. And although like maybe you were like right on the cusp of making it on your own, it just would have had such a different feeling. So timing really does work out well sometimes. It does. And, And again, like, you know, when I left Rev, like the path created itself essentially and and it kind of happened when I came back and again I come back to this thing of like I crave a lot of balance and we were talking before we came on just about all my days off I put my phone on do not disturb and I try really hard to be unplugged because I do feel so connected and I take that very seriously. Like people want that connection and, you know, that feeling of being seen and being heard. And and I try really hard to make that experience for everybody when I am at the studio and, you know, even online, like I come back to this thing, like you can only be so much online if you're not it in person. So it's got to translate both ways. So yeah, it's been a transition and but it's been a good one. It's been a comfortable, more comfortable one. (laughs) I love that you go unplugged. I know that we talked about it before, but it is something like as soon as we were messaging with you and I saw that you were doing that, I'm like, I really need to do that more. Like I, I try, but I just feel so busy. I think you just have to like set a day and be like, I'm doing it. Yeah. The boundary thing is really hard. And like, you know, I feel guilty about it sometimes. I'm like, Oh, like, should I check my email? But then I come back to this thing of like, anything can wait 24 or 48 hours. Like it's, you know, I'm not conducting brain surgery here. (laughs) This is the exact question I was going to ask. I was going to touch on that, but I was going to say, can you 
tell like our listeners just some of the benefits you've found from unplugging and why you've decided this. And I know you've, you're big into nature and mm-hmm. just like touching on that. It's really important to find things and methods that ground you, especially, you know, teaching is amazing, but it doesn't fully give me the release that like somebody coming to class would have. Um, so it's really important for me to set aside time to, to do that for myself. And I've, I'm new to hiking and I've actually loved it and it's completely pushed my boundaries physically, but also mentally. I mean, when you're just out there in the mountains, like you are either going to appreciate what's around you or you're really not going to, there's no middle ground there. And the unplugging component is, I just feel so much better when I come back after being unplugged. I, it's really hard to pour from an empty cup and I'm also an empath and I feel and take on everybody's energy. So when I am, you know, teaching class, I can feel what other people bring to the table so that I need like some type of clearing um, to like get rid of things that I take on. Not that it's anybody's fault. It's just that I can just feel it and unplugging helps. I feel it through social media and all of that stuff. And I try really hard to like just put good out there because there's just so much stuff that feeds negative and bad energy and I'm sensitive to it and I know others are. And so I think it's, there are so many benefits of taking a step back and and breathing and recognizing what there is to be grateful around you. And it can be as simple as like trees (laughs) or, you know, at the end of a hike, like seeing the car, I'm like, Thank goodness. (laughs) That is a great feeling. Or like your first sip of water, like when you're hiking when at the top, like I'm just, that is just something that you can't beat. No, you cannot. And we were on this like 11 mile hike and I just felt like the trail was going forever. I was like feeling delusional. I was just laughing hysterically because I was like past that point of exhaustion. And we went to this like random like country store and I would just like grabbed whatever was on the counter. And she's like, do you want to know what this pastry is? And I was like, it doesn't matter. I just want the <laughs> carbs great. and My the sugar. sugar. I was like, I want it. So <laughs> it's just like pie, pie to the face. <laughs> so you get back from an 11 mile hike and then you teach your class the next morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not I know. We have one last question last, we'll but before that, can you just tell our listeners maybe some tips for getting into workout classes or just, mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel about taking fitness classes or just doing something that's moving your body? Totally. Well, if you're thinking about taking a fitness class, it is so terrifying. Like I have been there personally. And for me, I try really hard again to have a personal connection with new riders at the beginning of class so that they, they establish this type of relationship where they've talked to me face to face. And, um, and so I always encourage people who are new to say hi to the instructor, even though it can be terrifying, um, which is why I try very hard to approach new riders. Um, and then also just about movement. I, anything like going for a walk, um, just being outside, I've learned this new thing called earthing, which is like putting your feet on the ground and like, like wiggling your toes into the ground and it can be really um it can just be very therapeutic feeling and I think especially right now finding ways to also get outside because winter is coming and nobody knows what the winter is going to look like especially with the pandemic and it was tough when this all hit in the beginning and it was so cold outside and and nobody could do anything and so for me personally just taking advantage of of what is out there and accessible. Um, and then hopefully I'll see you at Rev. And if I do say hi and I'll say hi, um, <laughs> and make sure everybody feels good before the workout happens. Cause that's just so important. Well, with Rev specifically, um, how did you guys adapt to the pandemic? I know you guys started offering some online stuff. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I just feel like everybody, everybody probably feels this way. Just totally caught flat footed, like, oh, okay. And nobody, we didn't really know how long this was going to be. Is this something that we invest in and like flip the business upside down? And, and so we've offered an online platform so you can take on demand cycling classes. There's also yoga sculpts and strength and sweat classes. And so there's a little something for everybody if you don't have a bike at home. 
Um, and then we started looking at safe options to provide that in in studio air quotation experience um, without being inside. And Rev has hosted uh, classes outside of Thompson's Point before, so that relationship was already established. And then it was just about following guidelines set forth by the governor and and the CDC and what was safe. And once we got the green light that gyms could be operate outside with six feet of spacing. Um, we kind of made it happen and, and brought all the bikes down there. <laughs> and um, I drove a U-Haul down there. <laughs> I also, um, before we finish off with our last question, I wanted to touch on the investment of classes because mm-hmm. it is an investment. And I think it's something that you have to think of yourself as set like justifying it to yourself sometimes and Liz Mm -hmm. and I kind of talked about like this is our like our boyfriends maybe go play golf like this Mm -hmm. is our time away and um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that yeah it is it is an investment and it's not cheap I will say however we are back on class pass for specific classes so if you have class pass that's a great option um, and then sometimes we give away free spots. Like if you follow instructors, like they'll post something like DM me for a free spot, which is like, take advantage of that. Um, definitely. And then it is an investment and also just realizing for me personally, I'm like, okay, like this is my like going out time or, or like whatever, like that's how I was justifying it before I became an instructor of like reallocating my funds where I want them. and and. I also had a few other jobs and just kind of like had a few other jobs so I could cycle. (laughs) Right. That's kind of, and I think like Liz and I have talked about before is that's kind of what we choose to spend a lot of our money on is our health. Like that's where Mm -hmm. instead of maybe like clothes, like we choose to spend our money on our health and that's kind of where we justify classes or like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, protein, things Mm -hmm. like that that you would normally buy, workout clothes, Apple watches, all that stuff. It's just something that you have to decide like, this is maybe my, and classes are great because they double as like social time and Mm -hmm. fitness time. Right. And like mental time as well. Like you also really can't beat like you're on the water right now, Mm -hmm. like overlooking the water. The sun is like either rising or setting and you really can't beat it. But I do have to say, I've never regretted going. And I, when I first moved to Portland in January, I had tried a couple other places and I liked them and everything. And then I went to Rev and I'm like, this is a different experience. This is a different feeling here. It was the same thing you were describing. I went to Yoga Sculpt and the instructor was like, hey, what's up? Who are you? You're new. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I'm so comfortable here. And mm-hmm. I have not regretted it since. And I remember seeing classes last summer at Thompson's Point. I'm like, I'm going to go there when I move. I'm moving. I'm going there. And now it's funny to see the bike so close. Like I saw a video from last summer and I'm like, oh my God, that bike is so close to the other person. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think about how like, like everybody operated this way. Like most cycling studios, you were like on top of each other and like, it's hard do to envision. Arms to the side. No, you couldn't. And now, unfortunately I do all arms to the side now. Cause I'm like, I didn't take advantage of this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you did. That class, oh. <laughs> and I stopped like twice. We were like, holy smokes, I can't do it. And like, I think that's one of the more shocking things about like a tone class is if you do like strength training with like, let's say you're used to like a 15 pound dumbbell for like mm-hmm. eight reps or something. Then you go to a class like this and they're like, oh, like here's three pounds, but you're never going to put them down. Anytime <laughs> you bring a boy, they're like, really? Two pounds? I'm like, yeah. Wait, and then they're like, oh, my God, I never want to do it again. Oh, my God. I know. That's the best part when they're just, like, cringing. And I'm like, I told you it was you, going yeah. to be hard. My <laughs> boyfriend went to one, like, in March before everything closed. And the I don't remember who it was, was teaching. And she was like, you're the athlete you've always, like, wanted to be. And, like, oh, he's here, like, an athlete. And he's literally can't breathe. He's like, I this is the least athletic I feel. I'm dying. And he's like, all these girls are, like, kicking his ass. And he's literally like... <laughs> oh he tells everyone he's like you guys don't you're gonna die seriously you're not gonna die he's a baby (laughs) yeah (laughs) I love it it is such a challenge our last question is if you could go back and tell yourself one thing post-grad what would it be so this might be like right before you're about to leave Rev truly just like to just like lead with your heart and trust it I think a lot of times I was leading with my heart, but I, 
didn't fully trust myself. So I wasn't a hundred percent able to like trust the moment or just let my feet be on the ground. It was kind of like a, they were just dangling there. And I was like, okay, everything's together on the outside, but on the inside, I'm like freaking out. Um, and to just trust, trust my intuition and, and just trust that like leading with my heart is enough. And I, and I, and that's my advice to other people too, is like, you truly do need to just trust yourself because you will always know best. Well, thank you so much, Megan, for joining us. Hey, this has been guys. so good. And yeah. I can't wait for my class next week. Looking forward to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Say that was a good one. Let's go to a spin class. <laughs>